Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Heroes of Change podcast from Epic Mission. Uh, this is Jeremy Turner. I'll be your host today. I'm the founder and managing director of Epic Mission. Here on the Heroes of Change, we are highlighting the trials, victories, and applied wisdom of our community change agents, unsung heroes, and those who empower them to be the change across Appalachia and beyond. We seek to inspire and equip everyday heroes just like you to take on our greatest challenges because together we are the change. And for today's episode, it's my great pleasure to welcome my friend and fellow entrepreneur, Brian Shaw, to, uh, to the show. So Brian is a lifelong West Virginian with a background in corporate marketing and product development. He discovered an, an interest in entrepreneurship and has since launched a consulting business, co-founded West Virginia's largest co-working space, developed West Virginia's first business accelerator, and co-founded a coffee roasting company. Uh, he's also the program administrator for the Entrepreneurship and Business Coaching Center at Southern West Virginia Community and Technical College, where he helps local residents start and grow businesses that support tourism generated by the Hatfield-McCoy uh, trail system. And outside of that, he is uh, involved with family, WVU sports, and golf. And so, Brian, you know, everybody has a bio these days, right? Whether it's something on LinkedIn or their uh, Facebook page or whatever. We've all got words written by us or about us, but I think that we all have stories beyond those words. So take a second and, and tell everybody what's the rest of your story? Who are you and what are you about beyond the bio? <laughs> oh man, thanks. Um, gosh, beyond the, beyond the bio, um, I, I'm just someone who, who really just, I like helping people. I mean, that's what it, the, the root of it is what it really comes down to is uh, I found um, just a, a real, really strong interest in helping people develop out business ideas mm-hmm. uh, and kind of talking through those to see if, uh, you know, if it's something they like, if there's an opportunity there or not. I mean, um, so yeah, helping people, it's just kind of like the thing I like to do. Awesome. Well, it's, it's obviously needed and, and appreciated and, um, you know, so, you, you know, through the years, you and I've had, had a lot of opportunities to work together uh, mm-hmm. on, a, on a variety of different projects and, and different things. So, uh, but I think today is going to give us an opportunity to dig in a little bit more. And this is really about your story and, and digging into different aspects of who you are uh, so that we can hopefully inspire other people. So, you know, speaking of inspiration, uh, first question I'd love to ask you is, you know, as you were growing up, who inspired you? And uh, as you think about what you do now, um, so you know, for you, it's, you're going to be refl- bouncing back and forth between entrepreneur Brian and entrepreneurial support Brian, because you, you yeah. really have these, have these multiple hats that you wear. So who inspired you growing up and who's, who, uh, who inspires you now? Wow. So <clears throat> the, um, you know, my, my dad, I mean, he's, he's the one. I'm not sure how, if he knew how much he inspired me, but, but it was really, uh, a lot of it was from him. You know, my, my dad was legally blind. He went to Romney uh, school for the line. Um, but he never let that like stop him from doing anything. So, you know, now I, some of the things I didn't really notice when I was growing up, but when I look back, you know, there's so many things that he did that, that, uh, you know, just, is like, wow, he, you know, he was able to still do that. He didn't quit. He didn't give up on anything. Um, and, uh, he was always, uh, innovating different ways to, to do things with, uh, with, you know, with limited eyesight. 
right? And, uh, you know, I remember, you know, when I was growing up, I was trying to be a pitcher in Little League. You know, we playing catch was not not really something we could do much. So, you know, he built things for me to pitch to, you know, before the bounce back ball machine things that you threw into the net were even out there. You know, I've got a tire with the, with the backstop and rolling the balls back to me, you know, stuff he built, you know? And, uh, so yeah, I easily, my dad was, was, uh, was a really strong inspiration to me. Um, awesome. now gosh, uh, I, it really, it varies, um, which is kind of weird. You know, I, uh, you know, I follow different people at different times and, and talk to people and I get inspired in, in shorter blocks of, you know, the inspiration comes in, in, in short blocks, right? Seeing somebody who created a new business that is successful can be inspiring. Just talking to someone who has a lot of passion about what they do can be inspiring. Um, from local people to, to, to people who are, are much more well-known, mm -hmm. you know, but, um, you know, now I, I don't know that I have like one person that, that is just like super inspiring. I appreciate all the people that I have connections with mm -hmm. and I network with and, and, uh, all of my friends, but, uh, they all inspire me in different ways. So it's kind of hard to say like, there's just this one person. I think that's cool you know <clears throat> hearing, hearing the story about your dad and, and you know i've talked about him before um mm -hmm. you know overcoming obstacles and so now as an entrepreneur uh encountering obstacles on a regular basis and being able to reflect back on how your dad uh took uh, much big, bigger obstacles than what you know what we face trying to uh, grow and, and operate businesses how he, he took those obstacles yeah. head on and overcame them i think it was, that is that's pretty amazing so yeah. You know, the uh, the journey as an entrepreneur uh, and just the, the journey in life sometimes is, it can be difficult. Uh, and again, you wear these multiple hats of, of uh, both an entrepreneur and someone who empowers entrepreneurs. Who's been the greatest help to you along your journey You know, as you reflect back over the last couple of years or decades or so? Yeah, it's um, you know, in corporate. There was a. Uh, um, the first, like when I went, when I got promoted into management, mm -hmm. the first manager I worked with, his name was Jason and he was, uh, um, very young, but at, at a, you know, moving quickly through the company, mm -hmm. just watching him and seeing what he does and did at the time, you know, was, was, uh, uh you know, something that, uh, that I tried to mirror a little bit of. You know, I tried to, to take away things that he did just so I could uh, help my own career, you know, by watching him. Um, and then over the course of the years, you know, it's just been different. It's been different people at different times. Um, you know, uh, Christina and Deborah with the SBDC at the time were the, really they identified a skill set that I didn't realize I had. Mm. And that was, um, uh, understanding business as much as I did. You know, I'd worked in corporate and, and through those 14, 15 years, every couple of years I was in a different department, essentially mm -hmm. or a different role, learning from sales to, or, you know, to operations, to marketing, to product development, to channel management, all these different skill sets. And, um, 
didn't you know, hadn't hadn't really occurred to me at the time that those are skill sets that I can I can really uh, you know, relay to people who are trying to develop businesses. And uh, they um, I met with them, and that was the you know that was where I really started uh, into the consulting space and working with people and helping them with businesses. Mm-hmm. So that was Christina Joyce, who was the uh, previous head of the West Virginia State Small Business Development Center and now runs yep. Kentucky's Small Business Development Centers, right? And then Deborah yep. Martin, Deborah. who is the current head of West Virginia Small yep. Business Development Center. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, they're, they're amazing ladies. And you know, how cool is that, that, um, you know, people that you were, uh, you know, working with uh, helped you recognize something inside of yourself that you didn't even know you had, right? Yeah, it was funny. I remember when we first <laughs> met, uh, I, I think I think it was Christina had, or maybe it was Deborah. One of them said, it, at the end of it, said I was a, a Renaissance man, and I left. And I, oddly, I didn't know what they. I was like, "Oh my gosh, is this an insult?" Or what? I mean, I don't even know what they're talking about. So I, I looked it up, you know, and uh, yeah, I was like, oh, "Okay, it was a compliment." <laughs> but uh, and and it was going back to all of the the different experiences I had had, mm-hmm. you know, through corporate. I was I was fortunate to to be in a a space where it let me, let me get into different, different roles mm-hmm. throughout that. You, you learn a lot if you can get into a bigger company. Uh, some people say it's not always the best place to be, but if it's, um, if you're in the right groups and you're working for the right people, it can mm-hmm. be. Awesome. So when, uh, when we go to, to, uh, uh, publish this episode, we have to edit your title to a Renaissance man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> and add that to your LinkedIn yeah. profile too. <clears throat> yeah. That, that'll be in my title. Just raise. Nice. So, you know, th- through the years, uh, you've heard me use, use this phrase a lot. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a tagline with my, uh, in my company and, and, uh, you know, you hear me talk about it a bunch, but, um, you know, I want to know what, what this means to you. So when you hear the word or the phrase hero of change, what does that mean to you and how do you live this out every day? Well, um, you know, the, the, the hero aspect of that is, is someone who, um, you know, people, I think people look up to. I don't know that I, I, I can, I wouldn't consider myself by any stretch hero, but of the change part, you know, it is something that, uh, I'm trying to do. I see opportunity in the space that I'm at. I see opportunity in West Virginia for um, different types of businesses and people to be successful. And whether it be a side hustle where they can make an extra four or five, six hundred dollars a month, or something that can be much larger and grow into a very scalable business, um, you know, I see those opportunities and and uh, I really try to. Um, work with people and and explain what that opportunity is and that it's really something that they can do. There's really big businesses in West Virginia that people don't even know about that have done so much, that have done so much. Um, They don't always get all the press, but uh, um, you know, the the, the opportunity is there. So for me, it's the change is just letting people know that they can do it. It's not easy. By any stretch and it's you know I kind of joked around the other day it was almost 
uh, you're you're creating your your own world of pain by going into entrepreneurship. But uh, but there, there's so much more, you know, when it's successful, and when you get those wins, whether a small win or a big win, mm-hmm. you, know, you have to take it, take time and and uh, rejoice in that, you know, and just uh, be excited about it. I think I heard you say a couple things in there. I just want to pull out real quick. One, uh, entrepreneurship is not easy. You know, it's a grind. And I heard you say you're in life of pain. (laughs) Um, But then taking time to celebrate the small wins along the way so that you can stay encouraged. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, it's funny. We talk about the, the, the pain of entrepreneurship and it's not easy. When I work with people one-on-one, one of the, a couple of the first questions, you know, we'll figure out what their business business model is. The, another top question is what does your spouse think about this? Mm. Not necessarily if they think it's a good idea or a bad idea, but are they supportive? Because you're going to put so much time into this. If you really want to do it right, you're going to devote a lot of your free time into getting your business off the ground. And you really need the support of your spouse or your, your partner or whatever to, to make sure that you, you've got, you know, one less, one less, uh, concern. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, yeah, that's always an early question. I've had, I've heard some really crazy responses to that. Um, I don't think they're in business still, but, mm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, you have to have that support. Well, you, you know, full well what that's like, right? Um, yeah. both you and Mrs. Shaw, uh, with, with yes. side ventures, right? Yeah. She was, a, um, you know, I kind of look back and I think of like, for me, it was almost entrepreneurship out of necessity. And for her, it was entrepreneurship by accident. Mm-hmm. She, she made some cookies, posted a picture on Facebook and then, it just, it just exploded from there. And she wasn't really trying to do, to set out and sell cookies. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for a side business, it was, it really, it was a home run for a side business. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so, so it was, it was, uh, it was fun. It was fun watching her, her followers explode on, on social media and stuff like that mm-hmm. and such, but it's still very time consuming, very difficult. She, as uh, you know, now she doesn't, she doesn't do it anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. she just kind of walked away from it because of the, the time. Yeah, it was profitable, but you kind of weigh that, you know, am I going to spend all my free time on this mm-hmm. or not? And so, you want to tell everybody what it is that she does in her full-time role? Oh, she's a nurse. Yeah. yeah. She's an oncology nurse. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I find it interesting how she, uh, how she found her, uh, her talent. Oh my gosh. We were at a, you know, she's in her late mid thirties. Let me say it right. (laughs) She's in her mid thirties. And, uh, uh, we were, we went to a high school art show and she just got there just a moment of inspiration for her. She came home and she's like, you know, the drawings and the paintings were awesome. And she's like, I just feel like I could do something like that. So, she sat down and started and we bought some, she bought some color pencils, started drawing and, and it just 
got so good really quick. And so she had done, she had got commissioned to do a couple uh, drawings of people's pets. Um, she's done, we've got pictures of her stuff around the house that uh, I, I'm just like super impressed with. It, mm -hmm. If you saw it, it would be like, Oh wow. And she just started that. Mm -hmm. you know, so then she took her, her um, newfound skill set in art and translated that over to cookies and mm -hmm. the, the cookies also looked really good and they tasted good too. So yeah, I had some of them. They are good. So you know, I think the, a, a point to take away from that is that you know, many of us may have the, these dormant skills that are inside of us that unless we are um, emboldened to, to try something new, to, to suck at something new for a bit, to go try something <laughs> new, we may not realize yeah. that we're actually good at something. And then, so you know, she found the skill that she had inside mm -hmm. of her, turned it into uh, commissioned art, then turned it into a cookie business. Yep. But she, and Very, that, she didn't do that yeah. as a child, just was, you know, as a uh, young lady still, but uh, <laughs> yeah, right. She, it was as, as a full on adult, she, she found that she had these skills inside. So yeah, yep. I think that's something that, you know, listeners should be encouraged by, right? <clears throat> Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, that kind of goes back to when I talk with people about business ideas that they have, um, make sure you're good. Like if you always, oh gosh, I can't tell me how many times I've had the app question. You know, I want to create an app. <laughs> have you tried to code? I mean, if you can't code, then you're going to need a lot of money because mm -hmm. people aren't going to build it for free. So, figure out what you're really good at, you know, and then master that, that subject. And if mm -hmm. that is something that uh, is translatable into business, then, then you'll be happy doing it mm -hmm. you know, or happier doing it than, than trying to, uh, to learn a new skill set to create a business. Mm -hmm. No doubt. Yes. Uh, you know, with the grind that entrepreneurship is finding something that you're passionate about and then you're actually good at um, is a, is pretty important. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the, um, uh, the grind a little bit more uh, and what that's like. So when have you felt like giving up? You think about your own entrepreneurial journey uh, and even as, as someone who uh, works to support and empower entrepreneurs, when have you felt like giving up and, and why did you not, why did you not give up? Why did you persist? Uh, you know, I, I'd say just, giving up is is something that that you will if you're doing this you will it will come across you your the the front of your mind several times mm -hmm. and it does it happens a lot and only for a few minutes though it's like you know what no i'm a little bit more determined than that I'm not ready to quit um i know i can do it you know once you it's like uh it's like golf you, you, the first time you go play golf, you ever swing a golf club, you might miss and miss and miss, but that one time you hit it exactly the way it should be hit. You know, it's, you, 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 you hit it flush. You, it's a perfect shot. It went where you were aiming. Then it's like, Oh, well, I can do that. Why can't I do it again? Hmm. And then it's that, it's that, why can I not do this again? And you, it's persistence, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. well, I'm going to keep trying and I keep trying. So, I mean, I kind of translate or kind of look at it in the same, the same light. You know, I've mm -hmm. done it once. It worked. 
why can't I do it again? And figure out what you did wrong. Always, always look back on mistakes, figure out how they were, you know, what you could do to avoided them or to minimize them and uh, try not to do them again. Mm-hmm. Good. So, so I hear a couple of things in there. You know, I hear the, uh, the recognition that growth is going to have to occur. You're not going to start out being amazing at, at anything that you do. Um, celebrating again, the, the small victories along the way and getting, um, you know, reinvigorated, getting excited again about why it is that you started um, and, and just recognizing that, that it is actually a journey. Yeah. Yes, it is a journey. <laughs> so when's not always smooth sailing? <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, yeah. But so you know, think about your journey. You know, this journey that you're on. Um, when will you feel like you've succeeded? What What is that going to look like, or sound like, or feel like, or do you, do you think you'll ever reach that? You know, I, I'm I'm very you know, I'm very critical of my own work, and I don't people may, people may not know it, but when I, when I look at things I do and I'm like, I'll look back, people might be completely happy with the work I've done. And, uh, but to me, I'll look at it and I'll tear it apart. I'll be like, Oh, I could have done this a little bit different. It's like a search for perfection. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know that you ever reach that. So like feeling like I've succeeded in my work, um, little victories, I mean, there, there's, there's things there when I, I, I feel like, you know, I've succeeded at that moment or in that particular goal, mm-hmm. but like overall, I don't know that I'll ever feel like I really succeeded. I might, but mm-hmm. haven't done it yet. <laughs> I'll keep plugging. Yeah. I guess if I'm sitting on a boat in the middle of the, uh, the great blue and it's my own boat <laughs> and I'm supposed to be there, you know, I don't know, but, uh, no, I just, I, I'm not sure if I'll ever feel like I succeeded Got it. just because it's a, a pursuit of perfection, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So back to that concept. But of other, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with, with the fact that, you know, it's this, this constant ongoing thing, uh, you know, this grind that we've talked about and, you know, you've got all the, the peaks and valleys, the hurdles to overcome. Where do you go to get away from it? You know, the, the grind that is being an entrepreneur uh, and being someone who, who works with and supports entrepreneurs. So where do you go to rest and relax and uh, fill your picture, get reinvigorated? What do you, where do you go? What do you do? Oh, man. Well, if I have the opportunity to golf, I play. I love to play golf. It's a, it's a huge distraction from, from everything else. I don't take it too seriously. Mm-hmm. I know I'll never get paid <laughs> to play, but uh, I don't think, you know, to me, that's not what it's there for. It's to, you know, there's a lot of lessons you can learn in mm-hmm. playing golf, a lot of humbling lessons and mm-hmm. you can translate those into life. Um, that's, that's one thing. The other one, you know, when I'm in my car, a lot of times I'll play, um, I might play classical music. I might, play some other types of music. It just depends. Just I find distractions, mm-hmm. you know, that I, that I can use, uh, to, you know, to, to kind of help me unwind and just not focus on stuff I've been focusing on all day. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that you and Mr. Shaw like, like outdoor stuff too. I think I've seen uh, pictures of you kayaking and, and what have you. So does nature play oh, yeah. a role in that for you? 
<laughs> you know what? I, I like, uh, I like to get outside. Um, love the sunlight, the warm air, uh, winter sucks. <laughs> I mean, it has its moments. I like to snowboard, so it's not terrible, but, mm-hmm. um, I really like traveling. You know, we, we go back and forth between Pittsburgh a lot. Uh, I've had opportunities to go out West and love Denver, you know, San Francisco, parts of California are nice. Um, you know, so there, there's always something I can find to kind of distract me from, uh, and, and just really take my mind off of, of things that, that worry me, I guess, or, mm-hmm. or, or weigh on me. Got it. Well, you know, with the, um, you know, the need to get away and, and, uh, relax and, and just chill out for a bit. You, you and I've talked about this before too, the, the need to, uh, you know, be both a student and a teacher, you know, so as, as we work to support entrepreneurs, we have to continue our own uh, professional and, and personal development, right? So mm-hmm. what do you do where, and where do you go for, for your own personal and professional development? What does that look like? <clears throat> oh, well, well, I thought fo- there's a couple people I follow on Twitter. Um, there's a guy, Pat Riley with, with GAN. He's out of Denver. He's the mm-hmm. CEO of GAN. And, um, and they're, they're a program that supports accelerators. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a global accelerator network. It's a, um, gosh, I hope I don't butcher it, but they, they reach out to big corporate entities and create partnerships so that startups and founders can have, you know, support through either discounted or free services, uh, to help them launch their businesses. Mm-hmm. They also help, you know, help, uh, they also, uh, have a funding arm as well through, through, uh, venture capitalists. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's, that's someone I follow. Um, he always has some really good articles that he shares that are, you know, entrepreneurial related. Um, uh, also, you know, have my own hobbies that I like to, to follow. I like, you know, I love, like the challenge of coding. Mm. Um, I don't, obviously don't do it for a living, but, um, but I, it's, it's problem solving for me. And sometimes that's a distraction from other things too, you know, trying to figure out how to make this form work or this, um, or this math equation work. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that aspect of it. Hmm. That's just a couple of things, but I'm always reading. I'm not a big, I don't read books as much as I read articles. Hmm. Probably so short bursts here and there. Yeah. Right. And it's constant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like you uh, enjoy learning about things that are maybe outside of what it is that you do every day. Oh my gosh. My, yes. There's a great deal of random, sometimes what people might think of useless knowledge, but, uh, <laughs> but it comes up, you know, and, and one of the things I tell, you know, I tell our kids about, um, the importance of that is when you're, you know, your network is going to be very important to you as you get older. You know, the people you're hanging out with now in high school, enjoy it, but odds are you, you may not see more than two or three of them after. Mm-hmm. Work, uh, your, um, your network's going to be very important to you as you maybe want to change jobs or grow grow your career. Um, and 
for me, it's always been helpful knowing a little bit about something because it helps you be a little bit uh, a relatable mm-hmm. to people, right? You may not have like a, a, a deep down interest in, in uh, repairing a lawnmower, but knowing a little bit about that can help you when you're talking to someone who owns a lawnmower repair shop. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, that relatability, the, you know, it creates that rapport, develops that trust and uh, helps, helps the flow of conversations. So that's, that's kind of a reason I like to, to do that as well. But mm-hmm. it's really, it's just interesting too. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So, you know, learning about things that don't necessarily relate to what it is that you're working on at the moment so that you can be more relatable in networking situations, but also, um, and you and I've mm-hmm. talked about this before, how these seemingly random things help to inform the thing that we're actually working on somehow, right? We are able to, to take uh, and learn some kind of lesson that applies. Mm-hmm. Oh good. yeah. Yep. Very true. So, you know, I know, some of the the things that you've done in the past because we you know you and i've had opportunity to do them together whether it's working with you know Mm -hmm. high school kids and teaching them about entrepreneurship across the state or you know now in your work in in the in the uh the coal fields working in entrepreneurship there so you know in thinking about Mm -hmm. uh you know supporting entrepreneurship across the state and then more specifically uh in in the region where you're working now why should people care about this work that you do and the population that you're serving? Oh, I, we, we have to do something, right? I mean, um, it's funny. Mrs. Shaw would always say, uh, she always say do something, even if it's wrong. Mm. And I always, I kind of correct her a little bit. I'm like, no, don't, don't do it if it's wrong. But, but her point about that is to do something, not just sit there and just, just sit there, right? Mm-hmm. And be, be paralyzed with that. So uh, the reason I think it's, it's important is because, you know, we've got an, an aging population. The younger people are leaving there. You know, if we don't do something, we're going to be a retirement state that has very little, um, you know, just you're just not going to have a lot of younger people here. A lot of business professionals here. Mm-hmm. We're we're just getting older. We're going to be retiring in the next, you know, 10, 15 years. And um, who's going to be left here to work? You know, who's going to be left here to to take the state to from where it's at now? Mm-hmm. And um, the opportunities down here are are tremendous in tourism. I mean, there's. You know, if you look around, you've got like your Gatlinburgs and your and your um, oh gosh, Asheville, things like that. These other towns who have taken um, the the arts or the the outdoors and created a place that people travel to, which mm-hmm. then creates other businesses. And by doing so, then you've got families and you've got uh, more kids in schools. And so I, I think the the uh, you know, that opportunity is here, and that's mm-hmm. what, I, what I'm what I'm hoping to help change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, years ago I, I was shared uh, someone shared with me this 
uh, this leader's creed, and and I won't get into all of it, but a part of it was, you know, as a leader, you have to ask yourself, uh, if not me, then who, and if not now, then when. And it sounds like that's that's kind of what you're what you're talking about there, right? And what Mrs. Shaw is referring to is someone's got to get up and go do something because nothing changes until something changes, and it takes someone to spur that change. Yep. No, I think you're you're right on. Yep. Good. Well, you know, you're, um, you know, the work you're doing is is appreciated, whether everybody knows about it or not. Um, so, thinking about your story, and uh, you know, both as an entrepreneur, as as someone in corporate, um, now working in again in this dual role of both entrepreneur and, and uh, empowerer of entrepreneurs. <clears throat> you know, we're going to have people listening to this the show that are. Uh, would-be entrepreneurs, current entrepreneurs, maybe they're working in the entrepreneurial space in the support fashion. Why should listeners be encouraged by your story? What should they pull away from your story? The story of Brian Shaw, Renaissance man. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, when I went to college, uh, I was majoring in criminal justice, actually. Had zero interest in business or interest in really in entrepreneurship. Um, it wasn't until much later in life you know, that I figured out maybe this is, this is something I'm actually pretty good at from what I hear and what I, what I enjoy. And so um, that, that's kind of where I guess that's, that's what I identified, I guess, with myself, you know, what something I wanted to do. Um, really just, uh, you just don't want to quit. I mean, just keep trying, just mm -hmm. get up the next day. And yeah, today may have been a, been a rough day for, for business reasons or for personal reasons or whatever, but there's tomorrow, right. And tomorrow can be a better day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if I want people to know anything about me, it's just that, you know, you just don't quit. You mm -hmm keep at it you keep trying you figure out what didn't work right the first time and you try not to repeat that and you make the changes and you move forward so you know what are some of the, the areas or you know, talk about some of the failure you've had in your life uh you know if, if that's a theme that people should reflect on right uh you know go get up go do something make a mistake learn from it move on uh, how have you failed in your life and, and what kind of wisdom have you been able to glean from that as you reflect back on, on those situations? Well, the first, well, the first business, actually I was trying to do marketing and website consulting mm -hmm. in, and you know, what I learned was I'm in the wrong market to do that. You know, the, you know, when you're trying to work with a, I was trying to establish myself and work with small businesses. Um, small businesses don't always have the extra capital to pay for, for that type of work. Mm -hmm. um, even if they need it and want it, they just don't have the money for it. Um, so it was a real, you know, I really didn't identify who I was going to go after. I really didn't put my plans together the right way. Mm -hmm. um, it just didn't have, a product for the market that was here and that may have worked better in a larger market like a Charlotte or a Cincinnati or a Pittsburgh mm -hmm. may have had a better opportunity to do that. But, um, 
you, know, you have to figure out where you're, you know, identify where you're at and who you're trying to reach. And I didn't, I didn't really do that. I just jumped into it without uh, doing as much research as I should have done. Mm. You think that uh, that those lessons have been applied as uh, as you've moved forward with Hilltree? Oh, oh my, yeah. So we did. I didn't do any pop ups with that, but with this, you know, with Hilltree, we were, you know, at a at a little folk life store, like a little arts and crafts store, giving away coffee, asking people, you know, what they thought about it, what about the packaging, what about the price points, you. Know, this market research that you really should do when you get ready to launch any kind of product or business or any kind of service, you know, mm -hmm. um, it might not, you may not have to do it as a pop-up, but uh, you got to look and talk to people who might be buying your product or at least figure out who's going to buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we thought there was a, a, a certain segment of our, of, of people would buy our coffee. And that's who we thought we were going to focus on earlier. But now two years into it, we find that actually women, you know, we were thinking of like the, the hipsters and the, um, the people who like to go camping and things like that would be our big market. You know, that's going to be our big customer base. And that's not it at all. That's a, that's a small portion of it, but for the most part, it's women. Mm -hmm. And when you start doing more research into that, you find that women are, you know, that's like 60, 65% of the coffee, I think is last time I checked, that's purchases, purchased across the United States is purchased by women. Mm. You know, that's, uh, so getting out and doing the research is, is super important. You know, if we would have found um, that people weren't buying the coffee when we were doing pop-ups, we would have stopped. Mm -hmm. People didn't want it, people didn't like it, then we wouldn't have invested money into it rather than investing a ton of money and then trying to find a market, you know, you, 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 you got to do it the other way around. You have to find out who you're going to be selling to first and if they want to pay for it before you start putting in a, a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of people make that, that mistake. They, um, they'll put all their money into their business to get it started. And then they'll try to go to the bank because they need more money. Well, they need more money because they didn't, they, they went out of order, you know, or mm. they need money because they don't have all the customers that they thought they would have and they need more runway money. So yeah, you, you've, you just have to really, really understand who you're selling to. Got it. Good. So I've, I've heard a couple of things in there that I think are important to highlight. One is, you know, taking lessons of the past and applying them uh, as you move forward in the future with, uh, either the same venture as you continue on or uh, with a new venture that comes later on. Uh, I heard you talking about trying things in small doses. So more of that lean startup concept of, of uh, you know, failing fast, failing cheap, failing forward. And then the understanding that you need to constantly learn and continue to do research and dig into your market and learn and continue to learn about your business, your business model and such, and continue to evolve it. Is, is that fair? There's, there's three oh, things. Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we still do that every day. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been in business now for two years. We're still trying new stuff, trying to figure out if there's a, you know, there's a new way to, to, to get our coffee in front of people, or if there's a new way we should do the labeling. So it's easier for people to look at, or mm -hmm. should we redo the site? So the, the website's easier 
has a better flow to it. We're always looking at it, trying to tweak it and make some changes so that we can really maximize um, the business. So it's, it's, it's a constant evolution. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. So, yeah, I want to move towards, to, towards wrapping up and uh, just give you a second to share anything else that you'd like for listeners to know, any, any sort of lessons that, uh, that you'd like to pass on, anything that maybe has occurred to you as we've been talking today, any words of encouragement that you'd like to share with, uh, with listeners? Okay. Well, you know what? When it, the one thing I want people to know is when you're trying to start a business, um, there are people out here who will help you. Um, but you have to get out there and you have to find them. You have to go where those people gather. There isn't always free money out there. And in most cases, there's not. But you can offset the money that it's going to cost you to start that business by taking advantage of some of the freer services that are out there so that rather than having to pay for somebody to tell you how to set up your business license, you, know, you can go get that for free. Mm-hmm. And then you can take the money that you would have normally spent on that and put it back into other aspects of your business that you don't have um, that you, that you need to spend it on. So the, the, to kind of summarize that is to, you have to get out, you have to go where these people gather. Uh, you have to use your networks and you just don't want to, I mean, how bad do you want it really comes down to it. I mean, you, if you are really, really wanting to, to, you have to do a lot of legwork. There's people out there that'll help you, but you have to find them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's uh, that kind of what that's what really separates people who want to be entrepreneurs and who actually do it. And there's a lot of people I talk to that that have a business idea, and but they want somebody to do all the work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, here's this idea. Let's let's let somebody to do it. Somebody give me money to do it. And it doesn't work. I wish it worked that way because I'd have all kinds of businesses. <laughs> but uh, you have to really put the time into it. You really do. I can't stress that enough. It's it's not easy. It's not for everybody. Um, you have to want it, and you have to really commit to it. You know, you get what you put into it. Really, it's good. Well, this I think this has been great, and I appreciate. Um, you know, you taking the time to consider these questions and, and share some raw, honest thoughts. Super, uh, and, super excited for opportunity. Yeah. 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 That's good stuff. So yeah, as we wrap up, uh, if listeners want to learn more about, about Hilltree Roastery and the work that you're doing at, at Southern, uh, how can they do that? Well, they can, uh, um, <laughs> well, you can go to hilltreeroastery.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and check out our our website there, or you can reach out to me through uh, Southern West Virginia Community Tech College uh, by reaching out to the college and and asking for me. Awesome. The the web addresses are are way too long to rattle off, but uh, but like I said, um, people are here to help. You have to 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 really get out there and and find them though. Good. Well, we'll make sure that we uh, we share your uh, contact information uh, for Hilltree yep. and, and for 
for Southern as we um, as we publish this this episode. So, you know, with that, uh, you survived. Uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate you being being on the show today. And for our listeners, we appreciate you tuning in today. We hope that you found uh, something, one or two, or maybe three things that you can take away and apply uh, as you continue your journey. Um, you know, we will look forward to seeing you next time on the Heroes of Change podcast. But for now, that, that's all we've got for you today. Uh, thanks so much. Stay encouraged and continue to be the change. We appreciate you.